Hey, Rank Rats, what's going on? Andy Campbell here. Uh, welcome back to uh, Season 5, five Episode 15 of the Chicago uh, Rinkcast from therink.com, where, uh, where hockey always happens. And uh, welcome back. Great to see you all. We are here with two usual suspects and a guest. Chris Demi is here, otherwise known as The Stash or Stash on Twitter. For the Q stash, a very knowledgeable presence in the hockey world. Stash, how the hell are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Andy. Doing well. Just hanging in there. Uh, taking a night off of watching the Hawks uh, get throttled and then enjoying it. Awesome. Well, welcome back and appreciate your hat as well as your Peter Shirelli uh, decorum uh, in the background, if you will. And Sean Fitzgerald is here with us. Shawnee, what's going on tonight? Talk to us about your hat. Looks beautiful. Tonight's is uh, college hockey from the Bouchergras Overtime Challenge uh, vintage on the back there. I got it. I got Minnesota because I spent the entire year of 2011 living in Minnesota. Ooh, very so nice. I watched some Gopher games. Um, was I, you know, I kind of embraced where I was. So I have some Minnesota paraphernalia. Sounds good to me. Love yeah. it. Love it. And Eric Andrews, what's shaking? Content editor of The Rink. What's happening, my friend? Not a whole lot right now. It's been a quiet week. Obviously, not very many Hawks games of late, which, as Stash said, that's not really a bad thing. So, All good. The Hawks games we have seen of late have been in the L column and will be in the L column for the foreseeable future. Quick shout-out to our sponsors, puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y. Dot com. Use discount code the rink in all caps for 10% off. $100 gets you a free t-shirt. Go check it out. Got some good loot on there. Anyway, tonight, folks, we are going to get right into it, and we're going to talk about the Blackhawks and the upcoming trade deadline, which is, what, four weeks away? Someone give me a date. What's the date March, of the deadline? March 21st. March 21st, yes. Yeah, so we're a solid four weeks away, maybe a little bit longer. And there are some names that are going out around. Obviously, uh, if you were to ask anyone two months ago, the biggest name was Marc-Andre Fleury. The latest and greatest name that has been thrown around in the Twitter universe, there have been rumors that there was an offer for him at one point, is Brandon Hagel. Now, let's be clear. Let's clarify this first. Brandon Hagel's awesome. Who doesn't like to watch Brandon Hagel? He's a hell of a hockey player. All right. Big surprise. Uh, originally a sixth-round pick, Red Deer Rebels out of the WHL, <clears throat> spent some time in Rockford, and then last year made a huge kaboom, 23 years old, only a million and a half, I believe, of a cap hit. That's it for the next couple of years as an RFA. Very affordable. So much to like about him. That's why the return on him could be nice. Sell high is kind of the message that you're hearing, at least from me. I'll use I language. But what is going on where people are saying that he's untouchable? No, you can't trade him. What is this? Stash, what do you think of this Hagel situation? Welcome back. We're going to start with you. Thanks. Uh, well, I certainly don't think he's untouchable. I think he's definitely one of the more valuable pieces you have um, for any team that's looking to acquire somebody at the deadline. You know, he's an analytical uh, darling. He does a lot of things right. He plays hard. He scores. Um, he plays defense. Um, he never skates it in, um, and he's on an extremely friendly contract of 1.5 million, I think, 
and yep. I think he's locked down for another two years. So um, obviously really valuable to have a young guy. Um, forgot to mention that um, cool. at that kind of price range and someone who's improving year to year. Um, so I, I, I understand that the perspective that they should be asking for a lot for him and they should, and they are, mm-hmm. um, which makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I certainly don't see him as an untouchable guy. And the reason for that is I don't think his ceiling is high enough to be anything higher than like a second line forward. Um, he kind of slots into that second and third line forward role nicely on the Hawks. Um, it'd probably be realistically like a third line guy on a team that's better than the Hawks. Um, and I think he'd be a really solid acquisition for a team that's contending and needs somebody to, to fill that position. Um, I think, you know, the asking price for him is high right now. And, um, I think that's fair, um, based on what the Habs got for Toffoli, based on what the market's like, you know, and for the reasons that I mentioned earlier, he's, he's a really valuable asset to have for any team that's rebuilding because, or excuse me, any team that's rebuilding, any team that's contending because, you know, those teams are going to be close to the cap and getting a guy who can contribute that much at that fair of a cap hit is going to be a really, really valuable um, addition to any team, especially the team that's good, that's in cap hell and going to be in cap hell for the foreseeable future if they're going to be competitive for the next couple of years. So he's certainly valuable. You know, I think some of the, the, the talk about the returns of the Hawks wanted, a first round draft pick and uh, a prospect and, and, and maybe more. Um, I, I guess they were offered that and turned down a few offers in that, in that range. Um, you know, I, I don't blame them for asking for a lot for him because he's a really valuable guy and he's someone that you can certainly have as part of your rebuild. That's a nice piece, but you know, we have to be realistic at the same time. You know, this team is not have first round draft pick, um, they they desperately need one uh, they need to rebuild and tear down and um i don't know if he's the guy to do it um you know he's a nice piece to have if you want to build around him and and and, and add him to that group that you want to build around he's a solid guy young guy um you know fair price um so i can certainly understand the the reasoning behind wanting to keep him but um yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Who knew that he would be such a you know a hot commodity uh, come yeah. come trade deadline? Yeah, well, certainly his his as you mentioned, you know, his salary at his age is a very cap controllable salary. So I mean, he's not a rental. Um, so that asking price, I do agree that the asking price is is uh, the Hawks are in a good position to negotiate here. Now, Sean, I got a question for you, man. It's like one of these. Okay, fine, drive the price really high. Well, what if you what if you don't move him? I mean so, that that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. So if you don't move him, um, you still have a really nice player. Like like Stash has said, he's still under a team friendly contract. My only concern is the reason people are saying not to move him mm-hmm. is because he's developed, and the Blackhawks have shown an inability to develop players. I don't think that's justified and why you should hold on to him because the the guy who ran the organization Stan Bowman is no longer in charge so he's and hopefully whether it's Kyle Davidson or some outside candidate comes in and is going to implement a plan because as uh, Andrew Bard uh, zinged me with earlier in the rink chat (laughs) Stan Bowman actually he I said yeah 
but the Stan Bowman plan and Barb made a comment. Stan didn't have a plan. So, right. well, we um, don't, we don't even know who's going to be driving the bus before the right. line anyway. There's that. Right. But mean, the decision is it. <laughs> yeah. The, but the need for a first round pick is so great for this team. Yes. Um, whether it's in like Tyler Toffoli's deal when, what he got from the Habs should, should make the Hawks want to drive the price up. And I like Brandon Hagel, but being like the top three scorer on your team is not something to be proud of. Like if this team was trending in the right direction and everyone was, you know, building off of it and they were, they were like the 08 Hawks where they were close and getting ready to be good. Sure. But they're not, they're, they're in the doldrums. They're, they're a bad team. And, He's the only real asset that you're going to get return for that you don't have to, you know, talk into leaving or any of that other stuff. So I think it would be a mistake not to trade him, especially considering first round picks. Like the numbers bear it out 50% of all first round picks are NHL players. And that's probably skewed because how many first round picks does Steve Iverserman hit on as opposed to what right. Stan Bowman hit on? So, like, that's skewed. Like you, like the best teams in the NHL are driven by their first round picks. Brandon Hagel was a sixth round pick. Mario Tarabasi on the rink cast last year said Brandon Hagel was a four A player. Yeah, like that was that was that, and he's exceeded that ceiling. So I think anything you can, if you can get a king's ransom like Tyler Toffoli's deal, you got to do it in a heartbeat. I like, like him. Yeah, but you got to do it. Yeah, where are you, Eric, on this? Are you selling high? And is this the is this the most valuable this player might ever be, as far as a returnable asset? It's a great question. I will premise everything I'm going to say by saying that I really do like Brandon Hagel. I mean, I think, like you said at the top of the show, Andy, everybody does. Who doesn't yeah. like the guy? You know, um, he's he plays the game the right way. You you know he, that's someone you can very easily cheer for, and you know you just like what he does and what he offers. So. I just want to start by saying that I really like him. He's one of my favorite players on the current team. Um, so yeah, just to establish that, but yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I don't think the value for him is ever going to be higher. I mean, every passing day, he's obviously getting older, not yeah. that he's old by any means, but I mean, you know, being 23, that's definitely a, you know, something that adds to his value. Um, you know, we talked about the cap hit and the fact that that's for two more years, that's extremely valuable. Um, you know, like Stash was saying to a contending team that doesn't have much space, a guy like that is hugely valuable to them. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I don't see that his value would ever be higher, um, probably for the rest of his career than it will be from today through March 21st. Um, so yeah, to answer that question, that's, that's what I say there, but just my scope on the whole thing, um, you know, like we were saying, I think, you know, on a Stanley Cup team, he's probably a third-line winger at best. You know, mm -hmm. probably a bottom six guy. Can he move up and play on a second line? Sure. But if that, you know, that's not really where you want him to be if you're going to be winning a Stanley Cup. So, you know, let's just establish he's a third-line winger. That's fair. If you are, you know, quote-unquote rebuilding around a third-line winger, you're not rebuilding. No. Period. Like that can't be one of your rebuild cornerstones, no. so to speak. 
Um, you know, so that's one of my big things, you know, why, he, you know, why people think he's untouchable. He's a third line winger. A third line winger is not untouchable, period. Um, you know, and then you go into the, the return that you could get for him. And even if they did get an offer of a first and a prospect, you know, which was rumored that was offered, they turned it down. So they clearly want more than that, which as staff said, that makes sense. That's great. Yeah. But let's just take that package that they allegedly turned down a first and a decent prospect. If you cannot replace Brandon Hagel with a late first round pick, that's a huge problem. Yeah. Again, this is a third line winger. If you can't get a third line winger out of a first round pick, that is a huge problem. Right. So, you know, that's something there. So even if you just say, okay, the first round pick and Hagel value wise should wash out. If you just look at it that way, then you're still getting a free prospect on top of that. You know, maybe it's a good prospect. Maybe it's not, it's, you know, a lottery ticket, whatever it might be. You're still, you know, it's still a net positive on the value. So, you know, that's something to think about. And then, you know, like what Sean was saying, you know, you see all these people on, on Twitter saying, well, you know, they need to keep him because he's developed nicely and they can't develop players. And, you know, it's funny because it's like, like Sean said, Stan Bowman isn't here anymore, so that is completely irrelevant. But also then those same people saying that are people that a few months ago were saying that Stan Bowman is a good drafter. So it's just like, well... Uh, Yeah, I don't... That's speaking out of both sides of your mouth there. Yeah, I mean, the thing... Yeah... I'm sorry, I just totally cut you off there. No. Do you have another thought on that? Um, no, I mean, I think those are really kind of my my big things. I mean, uh, like you guys were saying, you know, his his ceiling is only going to be so high. Um, yeah. You know, Wait, I he's not going to be Artemi Panarin. No. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, anything I mean, is possible, Sean. But <laughs> but the thing according is, to whatever that guy on Twitter was that argued with yeah. you and me oh, for for a day. The Chicago Blackhawks on ice product, let's get real here, is going to be irrelevant with or without Brandon Hagel probably for the next four or five years. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. I mean, it's just not going to be good. I mean, they will not be competitive for another four to five years. And so, you know, I I have no problem with the waiting game. I have no problem over the next four weeks watching the market materialize and watching the price go up and up and up, as it probably will. You know, two weeks ago when I heard that there was a first and a prospect for him, I went bonkers saying that, oh, my God, how did they pass this up? Now you're seeing the market start to manifest and they could really drive this price up. You know, I guess where where I'm super worried is that if they just watch this go by and they don't do anything, which just would just be an enormous miss, an enormous miss. And and, and here's the thing. And this is, you know, John Dietz, who, who covers the Blackhawks, and sometimes I agree with him, sometimes I don't, tweeted Everyone's for sale on the Blackhawks, everyone, even Brandon Hagel. But if it's me, it has to be more than a top prospect and a first round pick. Give me two more draft picks, maybe a second and a third, then we might have a deal. Might. Come on. So if, I think- if someone's offering three picks, a first, a second and a third and a prospect and you're not trading Hagel, you should not be in the business of hockey. I mean, you just shouldn't be. So. Now, the Hawks might have an opportunity here whenever we find out who their new GM is and uh, or whoever's going to be, you know, negotiating trades. Right now, Piantac. 
Yeah, Ray. When Ray's running the show. <laughs> but now you've got you've got Mark Andre Fleury, who a lot think could still fetch something at the deadline when teams get desperate, and Brandon Hagel. They're in a position right now where they could actually walk away from the trade deadline with some serious chips, and meaning multiple draft picks, and maybe now I. Two first-round picks is probably too high unless Flurry's packaged with DeHaan or someone else for that matter or they get really creative. But maybe a first and then multiple draft picks and prospects after that, then actually you're rebuilding. But Even, but, even if you get a second-round pick in the, the Hagel deal, that's still, like, there are good players in the second round. Like, the Black, one of the Blackhawks' top prospects, Drew Comessa, was taken in the second round. But if you're balking at a first-round pick – and another pick and a prospect for Hagel. Then it's just now we're getting silly, you know. Now we're getting now now what now and and if not, fine Hawks, great, and and fine all you Hawks fans and all you writers out there. You said this about Dominic Kumalik two years ago, when he was a thirty goal scorer. Now we're talking about a guy who's trending to score twenty to twenty three this year, and you're calling him untouchable. Well, now Kumalik, you can't get much for him. You get something, but not a ton. So, you know, they kind of wasted that all, you know, they have no leverage with Dominic Kubelik anymore. Well, he's an RFA. They can bring him back for cheap, but I don't know. I kind of forget that Dominic Kubelik's even on the Blackhawks at this stage. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, can, go ahead. Can I, can I say something? Yeah. Just like uh, the thing I've heard read a lot on Twitter and whatnot is that, you know, people are, are, are always saying that, you know, a draft pick is a lottery pick and, you know, it's not a guarantee and the Hawks are in a position where they don't have a choice but to gamble. Um, right. If they yeah. don't gamble, you know, they're in such a bad place with prospects and rebuilding wise that they have to do it. They don't have a choice. They have to take those risks and, and see what they can do in the draft. Um, and, if, and if you're getting a prospect back for him, um, you know, hopefully one that has some NHL experience that sort of hedges the gamble a little bit, but they, they just, they're just not in a position where they, where they can say no to, to gambling. They have to do it because there's no other way. They're not going to fix this in free agency. They're just not. No, they're not. Nor, and nor should they try. I mean, and, and please don't try. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that that would make a whole lot of sense. So, you know, I, like we've all said, Brandon Hagel's awesome. Like love him. Um, you know, but I don't, and I don't. Maybe you could package him with somebody. I mean, the Blackhawks—they've got this log jam of kind of average D prospects. You know, and I don't—I don't know if someone would want to take a flyer on a on a few of those guys if you were to package him with somebody. But you don't want to—you don't want to make the mistake like they did with Gustav Forsling. They right. waited. They they traded him a year to now. Look what he did with Carol or with Florida against yeah. us. Like he's twenty minutes on the ice. They literally traded him a year too early. Sure, and they, and they traded him to Carolina, who he didn't really do much there, and then he went to Florida, and now he's a top pairing or top four defenseman. And they, what is he still only twenty five? Right. I think the the they gotta they've kind of kind of like Stash said they gotta gamble for sure. They and do. If, yeah. If, and, yeah. Furthermore, one, like, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Shawnee. No, talking. no. Yeah, I was gonna say it was just furthermore with their middle. If you have, you think. The middle tier guys they have, if they have enough of them, gamble one of them away for sure. Right. Just, just hopefully you're you're correct and you gamble. Right. And I mean, yeah. And I and at some point, you know, you're gonna have to. 
you have to pay Hagel at some point. I know that's kind of years down the road. Um, you know, Debrinket has one more year left on his contract, and then he's probably going to, you know, have a big payday. Um, you know, and after that, I mean, we're, you know, we're still, the team is still going to be stashed to your point about you can't do this in free agency. They're still going to be recovering from a lot of Stan Bowman nonsense. I mean, Tyler Johnson is on the book for two more years at $5 million per after he comes back. You know, and that's, oh. I know. And he'll be immovable at that point. Jake McCabe is being paid $4 million per season through, you know, until June of 2025. Um, and so, you know, the whole idea that this could get, you know, fixed through free agency, you do have to take some of these chances and and then take some risks. So um, we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully he'll get moved because if he doesn't, that's their biggest bargaining chip right now at the trade deadline to get into the first round um, even. So who else is on your wire? Who else is on – who else are you thinking about? Hawks for sale, other deadline chips. What about Flower, Eric? What do you think? Any more – we've knocked around some destinations for him. A lot of people are saying, yeah, he still might go back – go to Washington. Not back to, to Washington, but to Washington. Yeah, I mean, I if you're just looking at it purely from the Hawks standpoint, yeah, obviously it makes sense. Trade him, honestly, kind of just get whatever the best return is. Doesn't matter where he's going, whatever. Um, you know, retain half of it, get the best return you can. Um I'll I'll kind of play the other side on this one. Yeah. I don't know if he's actually going to leave. I, I'm not sold on the fact that he would be willing to go to another team for a few months. Um, you know, I, I know I kind of wish Gate was on because I know he completely disagrees with that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I It was, you know, he kind of had to give it thought to even come to Chicago in the first place. So he just moved his family not even a year ago. And... Yeah, I mean, could he just go on the road for, you know, whatever, three, four months not seeing them? I mean, yes, he could. Mm -hmm. It's easy to say that. It's another thing to do it. So, I don't know. I'm just not sold on him wanting to do it. Um, you know, if I was in his shoes knowing that I was coming back and playing again next year, which it sounds like that's the case and that's what he's planning on doing, Um you know, knowing his situation, I might just say, I'm just going to take my shot in free agency, pick where I want to go. Wow. And that's yeah. that. Um, Boy, that'd, that'd be a dagger. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, do oh, I dude. think it's likely that he will resign in Chicago? Not necessarily. I mean, it, it's possible, you know, if he really does not want to move his family again, I can see it happening. I wouldn't say that's likely. I wouldn't count on that at all. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not 100% sold that he's going to be traded at the deadline because he kind of does hold the chips. Um even though he doesn't have a full no, no movement clause or anything, they told him when he came to Chicago, you control your destiny. If you want to go, you'll go. If you don't want to go, you will not go. Right. So I don't know. I mean, if he wants to go, yeah, he'll he'll go and you take whatever the best return is for him, but I'm not 100% there that that's going to happen. Yeah, got it. What, Stash, what do you think? Flurry, there's some rumblings that maybe even a, re, 
a return to to Vegas is a possibility. Yeah. I don't know the extent of Robin Lanner's injury, but I think I think his injury is pretty serious. Um, I don't know if he's going to go to Vegas. Uh, I, I think the way that they kind of handled that may have soured him on that. Um, but I guess that's for him to decide whether or not the Hawks should trade him. I mean, I think this is probably the biggest no brainer in the entire bunch. Um, he's 37, you know, there's no guarantee that he's going to resign here unless you can get an extension together before the deadline for a couple of years as a stopgap till, you know, um, someone like Camesso is ready for a shot because, right. you know, I will say that the Blackhawks goaltending situation is gross beyond Marc-Andre Fleury. And this guy is hiding so many warts for this team with the way that he plays. I mean, first of all, I think Lankin and Dealey are both free agents in this summer. Um, yep, you're right. None, neither of them are a number one goalie, that's for sure. Whether, right. you know, Lankin has kind of shown that he could be a, a, a solid backup. Um, Soderblom, you know, had a rough night a couple nights ago yeah. against Columbus. But yeah, I guess the Hawks are pretty high on him. But I, I don't know if his ceiling is anything higher than a backup either. So they really don't have anyone um i don't know if you guys have looked at the free agent goalie pool this summer but it's gross um the you know the ufas are nasty um if you know someone like ottinger doesn't re-sign with dallas which i think is very unlikely with the way that he's playing yeah. you know that would be someone but he's a restricted free agent so you know again dallas controls a lot of that uh but God, it's just a gross free agent pool. I don't know how you're going to fix it. Like, if, if he's gone, this team is going to be really, really bad for a few years. You know, you want those high number first round draft picks, you're going to get them because there's going to yeah, be no fine. one that's going to be able to stop goals. Yeah. I, I but I, I, I think we need to get to that point. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. as, sad, as sad as that sounds, I mean, this team needs to be a lot worse before it can ever get better. But, Johnny, do you do you agree with this? Do you think there's a chance Mark Andre Fleury might might still be around? No, um, I, I think in a recent post game interview, he said, "You know, I'm not worried about when I'll be traded." And he goes, and then he like corrected himself. He goes, and he kind of smiled and said, "If I'll be traded." So I think he knows. I think he knows the writings on the wall. Um, I think he. I mean, he likes it here. They all like him, but. And I, and I know I made the obscure baseball reference the last time how people don't want to move their families. <laughs> and stuff. I'm not going to make it this time, but I'm just saying, I think he wants to go. I mean, who? I think he's going to go. It, it makes sense. To Stash's point, like, that's that's something people need to think about. Like, Mark Andre Fleury does cover up a ton of wards, oh, yeah. and the Blackhawks' goaltending situation is, like Stash said, horrible. They don't. Malcolm Subban was traded. Delia probably won't, for, for whatever reason, they won't even play Delia at the NHL level this year again. So he'll mercifully leave in free agency. So you're left with Kevin Lankinen, who's an RFA and Sauterbaum. So maybe you bring in Gates and JJ's guy, JF Barube, and have him uh, make his gallant return to the Blackhawks to go get his brains beat in. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you seek. Some sort of return or some sort of uh, prospect return. If you move Hagel or someone else, if if a goalie prospect is in, somehow included in that demand, yeah, um, because like Stash said, Camesso, but Camesso's still four. He's, very, he's maybe yeah, he's four, maybe five years of. 
How many years did Corey Crawford languish in Rockford after playing his full complement of years in major juniors? And even then, he still he still had to beat out um, Marty Turco to get the full time job. So goalies take way longer to develop than most people think. Yep. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm hoping there's a suitor out there for him. Um, I'm hoping they get a return. I mean, it would be a real shame to just watch him leave town without anything in return back for him. But I don't know, to your point, like, I don't, Eric, you know, if he, if he was willing to stick around, I don't know what he would cost, but why? I don't, I don't know. He, I mean, yeah, there's, there's not much point in keeping him around long-term. I mean, you know, Sell like was saying he keeps, well, yeah, I guess. Didn't you buy one, Eric? Marketing. What's that? Didn't you buy his jersey? No. Oh, I thought you were going to. No, I thought about it, but it's just not a priority. But, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like realistically, is he? It's not like he's going to be around when they're, you know, a good team again. Obviously, but, um, you know, kind of like what Andy was saying, you know, do you even want someone around that's kind of helping this team be in the middle? Not really. Right. You know, like this team needs to get to the bottom. I mean, if you have a chance at Connor Bedard next year, uh, you kind of want to, you kind of want to do that. So, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, you don't, you know, having Marc-Andre Fleury around is, you know, the least of your concerns. You know, that's, that's a good problem to have, but right. I mean, yeah, it's just not a long-term answer whatsoever. And obviously the rest of their system is just horrific. Like we've all said at this point, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, as far as a return, you know, if they do move him, um, you know, is a first going to happen, probably not just on his own. Um, you know, I think if you retain half of it, you're probably looking at a second and or a good prospect, you know, maybe, you know, another late draft pick or something, but Right. Yeah, I mean, so obviously there is some value that you're going to get there, and you know that's definitely worth something to the Hawks for sure. Um, yeah. You know, like we said, you, yeah, a draft pick is you know a lottery ticket, whatever, but you know you still need to be accumulating those in order to maximize the likelihood that you're going to hit on something. So, right. yeah, um, yeah, and, and this kind of goes. What's up? And the lottery ticket statement is if the. If, I think everybody keep, we keep emphasizing lottery ticket, which is true, but in the hands of the right person, it's not so much a risk. Like if Steve Eiserman was making these picks, you wouldn't doubt like everybody doubted Cider and he Eiserman was right. He's he's right more often than he's not. So right. the big thing too with the lottery ticket is who's making the pick. Well and we and we won't know that. And we still don't know that. And that's another really frustrating point right now is the Blackhawks still haven't hired a new general manager. They've yep. uh, taken a lot of pride uh, through graphics and, uh, you know, nice backgrounds over Twitter and, and Instagram of who they're interviewing. Um, and that's all very well, but what's the deal here? I mean, is Kyle going to be calling the shots before the trade deadline or is it going to be someone new stash? Have you heard anything new since the interviews or any rumblings? Um, you know, it 32 thoughts uh elliot and uh yeah. jeff are kind of on this one and elliot's really been following following the um 
the progress on it. And it looks like he said he was expecting a decision on it either this week or last week. So, or, right. or at least some sort of internal decision, whether or not they announced that is a different issue. But um, I mean, I, I, at this point, I don't know what they're dragging their feet about. I know for, you know, they sat on it for a couple of months because, um, they wanted to, you know, make sure everything was in order and, and, and they set up their internal systems after what happened. And, and, you know, kudos to them for doing that. They'd certainly needed to do that. But, um, you know, I don't know what is taking so long. And, and the longer it takes, the more I'm inclined to think that Davidson's going to be the guy. Um, yeah. Because if they're not in a rush to get a GM in place and, and get them settled, um, as we're getting, you know, a month away, um, even less the, to the deadline, um, that's telling me that, you know, they're kind of leaning towards someone like Davidson and keeping it in house. And that's sort of been my, my thought, um, the entire time. Now, whether or not I think that's the right decision is a different question. Um, but in my opinion, I think that's, that's the way they're leaning. I, and that's just totally my gut feeling. That's not based on anything that I've heard or anything, uh, you know, concrete. Stash, what is your opinion? Like, why not Davidson? You know, I really like uh, Tolski, the guy from Carolina. I think they need someone like that. First of all, I think they need an outside voice. Um, that, that's been something that I've harped on for, for a long time. It's been, you know, the same crew running the show here um, with Stan. And, and, you know, Davidson's kind of worked his way up in the organization. Kudos to him for doing so. Um, but I, I think this team would benefit greatly from an outside voice um, and someone who's smart analytically um, kind of fits the mold, in my opinion, as to what this team needs, particularly as they're rebuilding, um, you know, capitalizing on, you know, analytics are, are, are finding good guys who, who are good analytically. And, you know, I'm going to get crucified for this by the old old guard of the, the hockey community because, um, you know, I think get, being smart analytically is going to find you guys like Hagel, guys that you can either flip into something valuable or turn into something more valuable or develop and, and make into a good good asset for the team. Um, so that's why I'm kind of leaning towards that direction. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know about – I don't know Kyle Davidson's philosophy. He might be that guy. He might, you know, believe in all those things. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we had a good podcast on that. You know, a lot of people like him. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big Darsh guy myself. I would love to see Darsh get the job just because of his player representation and um, you know, his work with the NHLPA and his strong business background. But yeah, but but it's go time, isn't it? I mean, uh, like well, let's let's go here. Like it's <laughs> the trade deadline is four weeks away. And um, you know, it's it's just it's unbelievable that we don't even know what's going on yet. Um, it's really the timing could not be could not be worse. So I don't know. We'll see. I want to shift gears a little bit. First of all, other tradable chips. We've thrown out Dahan in podcasts before. We've thrown out Kubalik. I don't know if you can get much other than a new pen for Shawnee to click, but you know, um, you know, <laughs> click, click, click. But any other players or any other shocking names before I shift gears to the most shocking name of them all? Um, I mean, I I think you got to trade someone like Dahan. Uh, I think he's also another one of your most tradable assets for a team that's trying to, 
you know, get stronger defensively. He's played pretty well. Uh, obviously, his health history is a concern, but yeah. I think someone like him, someone like Carpenter, I think those guys have got to go because those, yeah. you know, those are fourth. You get fourth line guy. You got a, you know, a depth defenseman on any other team. You know, those are not guys that you're going to want to keep around and, and guys with expiring contracts. So, I mean, now is the time to move them. I don't know if you're going to get anything substantial for either one of them, but, you know, anything that yeah. you can do, those are definitely the guys you want to move. Maybe even someone like Borgstrom. I don't know um, what their feelings are on, on on his development, but based on, you know, how they've been playing him, how they've been healthy scratching him and dropping him in the in the lineup tells right. me that they're not really high on him. I think no, you know those are three guys you definitely want to get out the door if you can get anything. But he was the greatest college player Stan Bowman ever saw. I mean, there but they, going going to Dehan, there are definitely some teams out there with some leaky blue lines yeah. um, that would. Who knows? Maybe if you could get as high as a fourth or fifth rounder for Calvin Dehan, I'd say you just pull the trigger at that point. Um, you know, Gus has got to go too. Somebody's well, got to take. I don't know if anyone's taking. Gus. Somebody's taken. I guarantee you, somebody will take him. Who took? Was Calgary took him a few years ago for a six-round pick or something? Yeah, so he'll, they'll you know, they'll get a lottery a draft or a, a lottery ticket for him. I mean, there's 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 plenty of teams in the East that need help on the back end. You know, I can think the Boston Bruins are one of them. Uh, maybe even maybe even the Caps. Toronto obviously needs help defensively. You know, in the West, I'm I certainly wasn't sold after going to the. Bruins Avalanche game on the Colorado Avalanche blue line uh, Sunday. Um, that that's for sure. I think that you know I don't I don't know those that are you know big fans of Sam Gerrard. If, if you're going into the playoffs into a into a gunfight with him, I'm not sure. You know I, I wouldn't be betting on that guy. But um, you know in Edmonton, who is now clawed their way back into it after despair, they could be looking for Dehan. Is there anyone out there looking for a Kubalik? Or what do you do about Kubelik? You know, because he is an RFA. I mean, he might actually come at a discount next year. The other RFA is Kirby Doc, who I don't see anyone trading for because no one needs room in their press box during a cup run. Um, Kubelik, talk to me, boys. What do you think? He he has value on any team. Go ahead. He has value on any team because he could still he could still light it up on the power play. He can he can be more like a specialty type guy, bottom yeah. six forward. Maybe he moves up the line if he's got some juice, but he's got some value to somebody. Gotcha. And you're not going to get the Hawks aren't really going to get. He's probably not going to take a lot to move. And maybe no. his highest if, if if you can get a third round pick for him, I think you you've done well. Yeah, he's a third fourth line guy on a cup contender, if that right. I mean, yeah. I know, Eric, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think he's kind of. Uh, you know, obviously, as we said, kind of a one-dimensional guy. I mean, he's he's on a cup team, a complimentary scorer. Um, you know, he's not going to be a go-to goal scorer, not going to be a first-line winger or anything like that. Um, you know, like Sean said, he's going to help you out on your power play, even if, you know, on a, on a deep team that's on a second unit, you know, there's still some value there. Um, obviously, the guy can really shoot the puck, that's for sure. Um yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's probably a taker out there for like a third round pick, um, you know, just for what he offers. And um, he does certainly have a tendency to get very hot. Um, he's he's very streaky. So, you know, if, if you take a bet on him and, 
he gets hot at the right time, that could be a hugely valuable asset for somebody if they pull the trigger on him and pick him up, hoping that he does, you know, do just that. So, yeah, I mean, I think there could be a taker. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they keep him though. Um, You know, one thing I don't want to, I don't want to say the unsayable name, but he's kind of, kind of falls into the same category as like a Dylan Strom almost where it's like, you know, he's not really going to get you a whole lot. And if you're rebuilding, is he like the worst player to have around? Not right. really. I mean, somebody's got to play some minutes. Somebody's got to score some goals. So you have to hit the cap floor. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of the thing with Kubalik and Strom is that Kubalik will not get a raise if he comes back as an RFA, or I would not imagine he would. Um, and then Dylan Strom is a very cheap number one or a number two center if you're actually rebuilding. And I don't, I mean, I, I can't believe I'm, this is the second time I've been a support Dylan being supporting, bringing Strom back conversation that I've initiated. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, if they bring Strom back really cheap and you're rebuilding, you do have to hit the cat floor. So I don't really. And you need NHL guys to play NHL minutes until your kids are ready. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, so that's, I could definitely see that happening and, and you're not going to get anything for Dylan Strom. You know, no one's looking for a really slow power play specialist. They couldn't. They couldn't get a third round. I think they were asking for a third round pick all off season. They couldn't get that. No. I got a trivia question for you guys. Bring it, love who, it. Who, out of the healthy guys currently on the team, who do you think leads the team in faceoffs? Out of the guys that regularly takes them, Dylan Strom. It's Dylan Strom by a long shot. He's actually doing well, and it's something that the team needs. Um. You know, again, he's a young guy. He, he's proven that he can play with the right players around him. I know the Hawks have been shopping him for God knows how long, but they're not getting any bites on him. Not the worst guy to keep around to win some faceoffs to, you know, keep as your one or two C while you're you're rebuilding. Yeah, um, he is a good know, chip. I, he's yeah, like you guys said. I mean, I think the time to trade him is kind of past. I think he's more. Um, you know, I was firmly in the, in the trade Strom camp, uh, for a long time, but you know, he, he's not a bad guy to have around as you're, as you're, you know, going to be going through the trenches of this rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. Just use them, right. Just play them with offensive guys. Don't expect any defense and just know that's what he is. As so you're not going to have, you're not going to have much of a chance because there's not going to be too much left, uh, you know, as, as they're going through this. So. Yeah, um, he's 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 going to be a top line guy if Strong, excuse me, if Taze can't uh, isn't healthy or isn't coming back anytime he's soon. You know, who knows your, what's even going on? He's probably your number one center. Yeah, if you're actually rebuilding, if Dylan Strom's your number one center, you are actually rebuilding, and that's fine. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, I yeah. mean that, that would actually make a lot of sense, and I just don't, I don't really think there's a market for him because I I don't know if he could keep up with the pace in a playoff game. I just don't know if he's a good enough skater at that that kind of level of hockey. Um, so yeah, I do. I want to talk about Patrick Kane real quick because his body language. I mean, Patrick Kane is the ultimate rink rat. He gets the biggest kick in the world out of playing hockey. Or always has always a smile. Someone else scores, he's so happy for them. Like I mean, it is his absolute life is the sport. And I think lately you're seeing for the first time, like some some body, some very disgruntled body language of 
disinterest and I'm so sick of this. And I, I think that, you know, Sunday's game, he looked ticked off the entire game and, and just being there. And, and who can blame him? Um, you know, and, and now he is, you know, made comments about, God, I really hope whoever they bring in is someone who is going to listen to what the players have to say. Is it totally unrealistic? Now, I think the trade deadline is a whole different deal. But is it totally unrealistic for Patrick Kane this summer to walk into management and be like, let's do this. Get me out of here. Eric. I mean, you'd hope so. Yeah. I mean, kind of like what we've said with a few other players earlier tonight, at this point, just purely looking at on the ice, getting this team back to being competitive, he's not really at this point in his career doing anything to get you there. You know, this team is terrible as it is with him right now. And he's only going to, you know, continue to kind of tail off at this point. I mean, he's still an elite player, but yeah, I mean, are they going to be a cup team again, you know, with him here? No, no, just period. So then it, you know, it does come down to what he wants to do. Does he want to stay in Chicago for his career? If he does, okay, fine. You know, that, whatever. If he doesn't, you have to move him as soon as you possibly can because every day that passes, his value is going down. Absolutely. So, I mean, I guess you could say his value might be better in the offseason because then he would only have one year left. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, you you don't want to necessarily wait until the last second to trade him and then not get anything or, you know, not get much for him. Or worst case scenario, you pull a New York Islanders like they did with Tavares. You think he's going to come back. He doesn't, and you get literally nothing for him. Yeah, that, that would be awful if that happens. Um, and then I let's let me just let's throw out the disclaimer to those Hawk fans out there that aren't entirely clear on the Patrick Kane. Hey, just trade him situation. It's entirely up to him, folks. Let's make that clear. He has a complete no movement clause. If Patrick Kane is going to be traded, it's because he wants to be traded, not because management has decided to trade him. Let's make that clear. Sean, thoughts on Patrick Kane, thoughts on his future. Point-per-game player, 33 years old. He's still got a future in the game. He could still play for at least five more years if he stays healthy. But so, how much so, time does he have left in your mind? Oh, he's got another four or five years. I think with, with the with the Hawks, how much time does he have? Left? I think he's. I teams have already like I've noticed what you've noticed. Teams have been checking in on if Patrick Kane's available the trade deadline this right. year. So that's an indication that either feelers are going out through back channels or teams are just seeing what the Hawks are. He's. I'm going to use another sports analogy, not baseball. Right what? now, I think he, he's the equivalent to Randy Moss on the Raiders. Wow. When Randy Moss was on the Raiders, he became disinterested. Things weren't good. He needed to get out of there to be re-energized, rejuvenated. Look at what the season he had with Tom Brady in New England. I think that's what's going to happen with Patrick Kane. I think the Hawks are – I think he's going to approach the Hawks in the offseason and say, listen, like I would like like you guys to do this. And if they're saying we're not willing to do this, he's going to say, okay, then I don't want to be here anymore. And that's when you've got to figure out what you can get for him. Now, obviously, you're not going to get 
you're not going to get near the value of what Patrick Kane will is worth in terms of a hockey player. Mm-hmm. But on this team right now, you're still going to be you're still bad with Patrick Kane on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're still that, and you're still like really <laughs> you're still really bad. You're still going to be really bad for the next two seasons. So if, yeah, they've wasted some pretty good years of that. If okay. if he wants to go, you got to let him go. Um, and I think it's off season. I think he's going to, unless, unless they, the G the new GM comes in and says, here's my plan and lays it all out for him. And it's to what Kane likes and thinks he's gone. Yeah. So stash two questions on Kane. One, is there a chance for this trade deadline? Do you believe that in any scenario it could happen? And of course the Blackhawks would need to get incredibly creative as would another team as far as dollars and cents with app hit maybe you know the new york rangers are the name that you keep hearing out there that might be able to pull it off and two devil's advocate is there a shot that patrick kane actually sticks around in chicago and extends and does a shane doan and just say you know what this is who i am i'm here man no matter what yeah i mean it's it's really up to him as far as whether or not he's going to be a deadline guy i don't believe so i think his salary is too big for a team to get that creative at the deadline um, you know, it, it's tough because, you know, the Hawks are, the, are would probably have to retain, you know, a decent chunk. Um, they can retain up to 50%, but I don't think a guy like Patrick Kane would, would, you know, uh, be a 50% guy. Um, and it would just take a lot to get it done. It would be, it would take a lot of creativity by a contender team. Um, I don't think it would happen. Um, you know, whether you don't think not, somebody could pull a Mark Stone? I don't think so. I I, I think he's going to stick around. Um, I don't know if he's the kind of guy that's going to ask for a trade. I don't think the Hawks would ask him for a trade. I think he's kind of earned the right to to stick around if he wants to. Um, I know he, you know, he, the the whole like passing team milestones, career milestones, is means a lot to him. I know that's something that he's been asked about and he's, you know, said that, yeah, this is, you know, this means a lot to me. So he, he, I get the vibe that he's going to stick around. They're going to have to have someone on the team that's worth watching and, and to sell some tickets. And, you know, he, he's going to be a fan favorite for, 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 you know, many, many years, uh, thanks to what he did um, in the last decade. I don't think he's going to move personally. I think he's going to stick around and he may, uh, you know, stick around for a couple more years after his contract is up. So you, um, you actually, you think it's very, very possible he retires a Blackhawk? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, yeah. You know, if he wants to, if he wants to, you know, have another shot at, at, at another cup, um, I think you certainly have to entertain that request and, and, and get creative with any team that would be willing to fit him in. I think he's earned that right as well, but you know, if he doesn't ask for it, I think he's also kind of earned the right to stick around um, and, yeah. and, and sort of mentor those those younger guys who are going to be coming up and are going to need a whole uh, hell of a lot of mentorship as as they go as the team goes through it. Yeah, I just really hope, and you know, we're we're not in those, you know, in the war room or in those offices or in the locker rooms, uh, you know, over by the United Center. But I think it was Bardo who said this last podcast that whether it's Tulski, Darsh you know, Davidson, whoever, as soon as that new GM is appointed permanently, the first conversation they have is with Patrick Kane. 
and they say, look, we are going to do this. We are going to do this rebuild. And what do you want to do? You know, if we're going to, you, we're you, gonna, you've met everything to this team. If you want to stay and you want to stick it out, we'll find a way to make this work. If you want us to trade you now, we'll, we'll find it. We'll try to find it before the deadline. And if not, we'll try to figure it out over the summer, but you know, just give him that conversation. Be like, what do you like? We're, we're rebuilding. It's happening. And sorry, we thought we could win another one. You know, when, when you were still around, we're not going to win again, probably while you're here. You know, what do you want to do, man? So, and just don't blow smoke. Don't be like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And oh, we'll get right back at it and blah, blah, blah. You know, give him that, what he's earned in that scenario. So, would uh, this just came to mind? Would a team that was out of it this year, like a team like the New York Islanders, would they like try to make a move? If Kane was available, let's say, would they try to make a move to set him up for the next year? This trade deadline? Would that be something like like you're buying an asset a year early, even though you know you won't be good to get them acclimated? I mean, it'd, then... be, a pretty, it'd be a pretty bold move. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. We don't see that very often. Not but, in hockey. but No, yeah. I, and I think, boy, I mean, that is really bold. You know, particularly if you're missing the playoffs and your, your fan base are screaming, all right, tear down. Uh, to go and do something like that. But I, but again, like I don't, a team like the New York Islanders, Sean, the team that you just referenced, I mean, they yeah. missed the playoffs this year and no one saw that coming. Right. They're going to miss. And I don't, they could, you know, they've got some serious decisions to make in the off season. So I'm not sure adding Patrick Kane is one of them, unless it's in June or July or August with a, with a big move. I don't know if they could pull it off in the next four weeks. Well, they're probably trying to see who they're shipping out of town right now. I don't know. It's sports. Weird things go down. You never know. Lou, Lou Lamorello is uh, developing quite the retirement community there uh, on Long Island. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, poor Zidano. Um, anyway, any other any other topics of interest with the Hawks, fellas, before we declare victory for tonight's podcast? I mean, one thing for me, this kind of goes back to the, the trade deadline and, you know, who we, who could be a chip and stuff like that. Um, you know, and this is something I've said specifically about Brandon Hagel a lot, um, you know, both with other people on Twitter and even just in our private group chats, but you have to, the only thing that whoever's running this team can think about is asset maximization. Nothing else matters. You are not a contending team. You're not going to be for the next few years. So the only thing that matters is maximizing what you have in order to get to that point where you are contending again, whatever that looks like, nothing else matters. So, you know, yeah, like we said, you know, Hagel, great player. You love having him on your team. Everyone wants a guy like that. But if you can be getting, you know, a net positive, for him, you have to take it. Yeah. And that's the same for any player right. in the organization. You know, if they hire an outside GM and they do it soon, like if it's Tulski or someone like that, I could see them the likelihood of, of Hagel being moved actually going up a little bit right. more. Just kind of saying that and now I'm gonna make this thing mine. And uh, yeah, and no attachment to the player, nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Right. So, and I don't, I don't know if it's Kyle Davidson, if he feels any sort of allegiance to some of the current guys, who knows? Maybe, and, maybe not. And maybe like Eric said, asset management and stuff like that. I, I mean, being a, yes, another, another sport being a long suffering Cubs fan when the Cubs were bad for those number of years, I looked forward to the prospects and reading about them yeah. right now. The Hawks don't have that. All they have is Reichel. So if we could acquire yeah. more prospect, it, it the, the best thing you can give a fan base right now that's it's going we know it's going to be bad, but they need something to hope for the future. And yeah. I think if you could get players like that and hopefully make the right move and get a guy that helps transcend the franchise to the right direction, you gotta do it. Yeah. If you can make a splash, make a splash. Yeah, the prospect pool, uh particularly when you look at Blackhawks forwards other than Lucas Reichel in the system, prospect wise, boy. There's it's, not. Uh, it's pretty grim. It's pretty grim. I will say this though, and I've I've, I've talked a lot about this guy. He's a uh, Gate has Colin Delia. You know that's his guy. My guy's been Alec Regula for a while. I still think they might have something there. He's looked pretty he, good. He played well when he, he debuted. Yeah, Derek King said he played well. He played well. He AHL All Star this year. He might just be developing late. Yeah, I mean he, he's steady. I mean, and if he's if he's a big minute eater and he's in the plus column or even all the time, and he's a regular, you need those guys. Yeah. So you um, need you need stay at home defensemen. Yeah. Stash, any final thoughts? Thank you so much for joining us tonight. By the way. Oh, it's always a pleasure uh, hanging out with you guys. Um, I agree with Eric. Asset maximization is the top priority for the team. You know they're in a they're in a really bad place um, on the ice, off the ice. You know you kind of they alienated a ton of fans with the current events of the past year. So people are already pissed off. There's you know in light of that, there's really not a better time to rebuild. Um, and you know anytime you can you can move some of these guys and, and get something and truly truly commit to a real rebuild. Um, none of the BS that they've been spewing for the last few years. Um, I think you got to do it. There's never been a better time to do it for them than right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether or not they're able to win fans back is is up to the fans based on what transpired. But, you know, they got to try. They got to do what they can as an organization to to rebuild and get some young guys in here um, and, and take those gambles. Uh, they don't they're not in a position where they where they can't where they can't gamble they have to gamble they have to accumulate as many picks as many young prospects as possible with high upside and maximize the assets that they have in, in order to do that they just don't have a choice and they they need to they need to get cracking the faster we go that you know get to it and start moving some of these names around um the better as far as i'm concerned um because yeah. it, it they're just they've been floundering for too many years and they really they just need to sink and 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 hope that they get the right person in place that'll help them rise yeah i mean the 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 brand messenger of uh we like our team has exited stage left so there are no excuses to uh <laughs> to be stagnant and to sit idle before the trade deadline whoever gets appointed Better get, like you said, Stash, better get cracking in the next few weeks. It's time. Um, well, here, here's the thing, too. You know, like you're saying, Stash, you know, that's the route they have to take. And if they don't, all they're doing is kicking that can down the road however yeah. long they decide because 
that's the only option they have. It's just a matter of when they want to do that. So yep. it's foolish to not do that as soon as possible. Right. Yep. And helping and, helping a new, you know, having a new uh, uh, group of individuals in charge and running the show kind of helps to that extent. And that's why I really think that they would benefit from an outside uh, right. outside individual to come in and run the team as opposed to, you know, someone from from the the Bowman School of Hockey coming in and, and taking the show, you know, no disrespect to Kyle Davidson, to be honest with you, I don't know, um, you know, what he's capable of doing. I'm, he might be a you know a great GM, who knows? But um, I I just think it would be really beneficial to have an outside voice come in who who doesn't have you know a personal relationship with the players who can look at it objectively and do the right things that they need to do to get to where they uh, need to be. Right. As much as, you know, as much as we like to criticize our favorite team, I actually, I, I do feel confident that this decision is in Danny Wirtz's hands and, um, you know, and, and, you know, not his father for that matter, <laughs> so, but, um, and that's not a knock on anyone. I just, I think Danny Wirtz has done an excellent job. I really do. And, um, and trying to rebrand and, and retool. And I, and I think, I think he'll know what to do in this situation. And, um, Let's hope for the best on that. Johnny, what were you going to say? To echo you, I think they have done a nice job. Yeah. Regardless of how many candidates they've interviewed, they've interviewed a diverse field, which right. is something I don't think they've done in the past. So they're doing their due diligence on it. So I agree with you. I think Danny, Danny words, Jamie Faulkner have done a nice think, job. They just got to make the right pick now. Yeah, I think they're terrific. I do. One other, one other thing with that too, you know, I would agree with what Stash was saying, bringing someone in from the outside, just, you know, from the fact of getting fresh eyes, but also, you know, not that it's necessarily an asset, so to speak, but if you're, you are going back to, you know, trying to make the most of the things that you have within your organization, you can hire Kyle Davidson if you want, whatever, that's fine. But they seem to make it fairly clear that if they do bring someone else in, that Davidson's still going to be around. So why mm-hmm. would you not bring in somebody else and still have Davidson? That's two right. people helping lead you forward instead of just one that you already have. Right. Good point. Yeah, that's that's good. That's well, a good note. All right, folks. Well, fellas, thank you so much for tonight. Good stuff. Good to see you all. We'll find out a lot. Um, in the next four weeks of what the Chicago Blackhawks are up to and what their intentions are, pay attention to Twitter, pay attention to social media everywhere because uh, they will, or we're hoping they'll be busy. They'll at least hire a new GM soon, and hopefully that person will uh, get on their horse, get after it. So on behalf of Stash, again, thank you so much for being here. Really, really appreciate it. On behalf of Stash, Chris Demi. Eric Andrews, and the mighty Sean Fitzgerald. I'm Andy Campbell. Thank you all so much for listening tonight. Be well and go Hags.